All right, I mean, welcome back, I'm everybody. Here. Oh, there. <laughs> it, it, can, are you can you hear me? All right, there we go. Yeah, a little confusion. We didn't have the open, I think, that we were expecting. So uh, that's okay. We've been on the air for a while. Should have known that. <laughs> Welcome to Norman. It is game day, everybody. New shift taking over now. Toby and Teddy with you here at Balfour. You hear Chris Plank as well. I think he's at his Pablo today. Chris, good morning or good afternoon. How are you? No, 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 Toby. I am at Yo Pablo right next to Yo Patio. Uh-huh. And in case you can't tell, uh, it's happening here. But uh, they've got a new setup this year. You walk in, you order your food, you find a table. Good luck for now, but there's some seats out on the patio, believe it or not, and there's there's just a good vibe. We got the Colorado Nebraska game on in here, where, oh my goodness, if Nebraska could just stop turning the ball over, uh, see a little bit of Baylor, Utah. So awesome setting, man, and and I'm excited for, I don't know, a, a little bit of this under the lights tonight, T. Row, you think? Little under the lights? What do you think, Ted? Fourth yeah. quarter, maybe? Yeah, I don't know. A five o'clock kick and. Yeah, well, I think so. At the probably fourth quarter, I think that's about right. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna need a little strobage Good. late in this game. That's the Butkus Award winner, Teddy Lehman. Everybody, he's here at Balfour with me, watching some games. We got my man in a Buddy Heald jersey behind you in here today. Campus Corner's alive, Teddy. It is, man. There's a lot of people around here. We're still a long ways away from kick, and it's pretty bustling out there. I did see some. Quite a few people along Lindsay Street, so we don't have to worry about that. Yes. we got some people tailgating down there. Good stuff. It feels like game day for sure. Your husband went to Penn State. Somebody's Penn talking to me while I'm on the air right Penn now. Penn State? Oh, no, that's sorry. okay. I'm listening. Sorry. Your husband went to Penn State. Her husband has not worn Penn State in the last two years because her son goes here. Very good. Nice. There's your first story of the day, Very ladies good. and gentlemen. The <laughs> woman's husband goes to Penn Conversion. State. But has been won over to the Sooners because her son goes here. Thank you for stopping by, ma'am. And they've got good gear, too. So it's PSU? Yeah. They've got good gear. I good would colors. like to play there someday. I agree. Happy Valley as a non-con would be a lot of fun, I think. It would. I agree. Wow. Oh, gosh. 85 or 6 since we've played them? In the in the Orange Bowl. Yeah. I don't know if we've – I don't think we've ever been there. Right. I'd have to look it up. Certainly it would be before – my life but um do you have any recollection ted of, of the smu you're too young you're too young to remember the smu glory days aren't you i no i don't remember um what about you chris i remember it and you got to remember too guys smu for at least me uh, that was one of whenever i went to college like tulsa's first rivals you know they played smu they've been in the same conference Gosh, man, as long as I can remember, right, since the Southwestern Conference fell apart. But, yeah, I, I mean, the, the old SME was really bad for a long time, boys. I mean, really, really bad. Uh, but they built that stadium. They started to bounce back. But, no, some of my earliest football memories, even going prior to when I came to Oklahoma, is, you know, hearing about the, the Pony Express and, and seeing what playing a freaking Cowboy Stadium, Toby, and getting great crowds there. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah, the uh, the good old days of SMU were something else, man. Well, they've pulled off quite the coup uh, getting themselves into the ACC, Ted, next year. There's a lot of schools that are in a lot of hurt with all of this uh, conference realignment, most notably Oregon State and Washington State. But I don't know if yeah. anybody's done a, you know, done a better job than SMU of getting themselves in a good spot. Well, they had to make some major concessions mm-hmm. in order to get in, but, you know, with some – 
with some alum and, and people, donors, making up some of the difference financially, I they can see the writing on the wall. You better get into a Power Five or you could be left behind when the, all this thing settles here. I, I, you know, the conference realignment stuff, I think, is settled for the most part for now. But once the 12-team playoff happens and there's a clearer picture of what's going to go down, there's no telling what could be next. So for them to get in to a Power Five, I think, was was critical for them. And I think they've got some nice advantages built in to, for you know where they are and the conference they play in. Obviously, they're in the in Texas, and to be on somewhat a level playing field finally and being a power five is going to help them in recruiting. And It's taken them 20 years or more to come back from the death penalty. Yeah. You'd hate to see all of that work slip away and you know not be able to be in a power five and no telling where this thing may go in the next couple of years. So I think it was a very smart move. And, I, frankly, low risk. I know there's going to be maybe some financial pain for the next 10 years and it can be hard to keep pace with these other schools, but they've got people willing to make up the gap. And I, it's a move that you, if you had the option, you have to take it. You have to do it, and they've got – they have the ability to do it. Like, they've got a Boone Pickens. Mm-hmm. And so they got somebody who can float them until they can start getting paid in the ACC, which is great. It's interesting because, obviously – you know, the first domino, this wave of realignment was Oklahoma and Texas. you got Joe Castiglione, a part of that. And then you've got Rick Hart, who is the AD at SMU, is a Joe C. He, w- he was an associate AD here under Joe C. You've got Michael Alford at Florida State, who was an associate AD here, who was trying to get Florida State in a better place. So it's like, you know, Joe made the move, and now all of his people that are emulate him have are trying to get their teams or schools in better places as well so anyway hey, we need to talk some football hey, can, can, and i'm pretty fired can, can up I about post, this game can i Chris post something Blank? off that real quick yeah, yeah I mean, sure. i'm gonna post something off that just real quick is is this going to be the way now buy yourself into a power five i mean because that's essentially what smu did no. where's my tulsa donors right <laughs> no where's the rice donors i don't think anyone I, can make a move like this though right ted it, well, if you've got if you've got donors that are standing by, ready to make up the twenty five million dollar uh, a year a year <laughs> deficit that you're going to have with the other other schools, uh, another person's talking I, to me while I'm on there. I, I'm sure you'd be willing to <laughs> make that? that jump if you can afford it. I mean, I don't know. Right, right. Two hundred. But are you as part the game of the is donation? Concerned, you're a friend. Two hundred million for ten years. <laughs> how much are you, How much are you in for? <laughs> You didn't say? You can you can say right now. She's got ah, that's funny. All right, we got one of the SMU donors right here right. that's floating the two hundred million for ten years. So feel free to donate to our radio station while you're here, sir, if you'd like. That's fantastic. That's wild. I the fact that they could pull that off is really the maybe more impressive than getting their way into the ACC, right? I Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My first yeah, thought absolutely. is where have they been? <laughs> <laughs> right, where where have where has all this money been? Whenever they've been trying to make this comeback, and maybe there's plenty to go around down there for their facilities and all that stuff. I don't know, but it's it's a good move for them, and I, I just I think it's very unique the situation they're in. I don't know that you'll see another one, and I like to be able to have two hundred million dollars over ten years to make up the difference. I just don't know that how many schools will have that, and I don't know how many conferences right now are going to be willing to accept any more people. I think the next movement 
Yeah. Extending the herd, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah it feels like we're about as full as we're going to get Ooh. in the uh, number of Power 5 teams. So, Okay, back to the football game or to the football game. Sorry. sorry. I was excited last week because it was the opener, Ted, but this is a legitimate team coming in here today. Oh, I think we're going to get a really good look at or a better feel for what Oklahoma is today, especially defensively. Totally agree. And I'll tell you what's kind of shocking that you typically wouldn't say or see in a non-Power 5 team is I think the real strength of this SMU team is on the line of scrimmage, offensively and defensively. I think their offensive line is really, really good. I think their center could probably start anywhere in the country pretty much. He's excellent. Uh, Right guard is really good. Big tackles. I think they're, what, both 6'8 or so. Yeah, huge. Um, They don't move great, but they're big, and they protect really well. It all starts on the line of scrimmage there. And then defensively, they've got some transfer portal guys. There's a really nice mix. Their first unit defensive line is really good. Tapers off quite a bit after that, which I think is going to be a part of our game plan. But uh, a line of scrimmage, a totally different matchup than what we saw a week ago. Chris, they've got six guys on their two deep from Miami. They got Texas guys. They got Texas A&M guys. Uh, they have some big time program transfers that are a part of uh, this squad. Oklahoma is going to face today. Yeah, and as uh, Nebraska has just scored to cut that game between the Buffs and the Huskers to thirteen to seven, Colorado. Uh, the one guy who stands out to me is the Sooner transfer. Uh, Corey Roberson had the pick six last week. I don't know how much, Ted, you care or get into PFF grades, but he was the highest-graded SMU pony last week and had 16 defensive snaps. They rotate about six or seven guys in there. And it's wild, isn't it? Not, and not to shift it to any part of the of, of the depth chart, but it's not just on the I mean, these there's guys from everywhere seemingly in college football that played power five football toby you're dead on kamar wheaton this was a dude that i remember hearing uh this might have been right when parker was first getting you know truly started covering recruiting but you go back and this was one of those we got to get him oklahoma's got to get kamar wheaton he's got to come here and play football he's a running back in the smu backfield he didn't play last week because uh he was suspended and we think we'll see him here today so you know it ted you're 100 right man you look at the numbers it's and the sizes, their their trenches are impressive, and usually that's not the case with a non-Power 5 team. But I'm still floored by just how many other Power 5 dudes are all over this SMU roster. Well, let's, uh, let's take an opening timeout this hour. We'll start to uh, go offense versus defense for each school when we come back. Teddy and I at Balfour here on Campus Corner, our home away from home. If you're headed down, make sure you got the right color on tonight for Stripe the Stadium. Remember, it's Stripe the Stadium tonight. If you are in an even-numbered section, you're supposed to wear crimson. If you are in an odd-numbered section, you are supposed to wear white. If you need something, this is the place to get it right here on Campus Corner, Balfour. We'll be back. All right, it's the Wendy Chevy pregame show. Where you get the hometown experience, Teddy and Toby are over at Balfour. I'm here at Yo Pablo, uh, newly remodeled. It's awesome in here. Uh, two bars, an area to order your food, so you don't have to wait on a waiter or a waitress. They've got a barbecue lunch combo special. We're watching all the games in here right now. Colorado 
uh, just converted on a third and ten where a corner, I don't He was looking for some help, and it wasn't there. So uh, all the games are on in here. Swing by and check it out. A couple of other quick scores, guys. Uh, Baylor is rolling. In fact, they're about to get the football back with 8 one to go in the third quarter. They lead Utah 13-3, to 21-10 Kansas State over Troy. And a lot of weather has affected some games this morning. Somebody has this in the Ref Royal Rumble. Virginia 28, James Madison 17. Virginia was, uh, I think, a six-point underdog in that game. But interesting. And, and, hey, before we dive back into the OUSMU matchup, which is coming up at 5 o'clock, guys, how was Coach this morning? How was the book signing? How was everything uh, over with Coach Merv? It was good. It was cool. Good to see everyone out there. Good reception. Had fun over there. Um, no, it was cool. That was great to see, Coach. Um, Dennis, our, our Stats Kelly, our co-worker on the crew, has written a book called Sooners Forever, uh, Statman and the Coach, and it's all about Coach Merv. And so he had a book signing this morning at Sooner Station where Coach Merv lives now, and it was a great turnout. Uh, I think Dennis sold and signed a bunch of books, and any time you get to spend time with Merv Johnson, it's an absolute treat. So very, very, very cool. I feel like somebody told Stats that his best way to promote his book is to tag us in everything he does in social media. So the marketing guru, smart. kudos, it's worked so far. Uh, smart, very smart. All right, hey, uh, guys, just curious, is there anything as this week has gone on, touchdown Colorado, is there anything as this week has gone on that's raised any more concern about the challenge that SMU had that maybe you already didn't have? Is there anything... You talked about the group, uh, the Power Five guys, Toby. Ted, you talked about in the trenches. Um, any, anything more that's kind of just raised more concern about the ponies coming in here today? I I don't think so. I, I, for me, the the concern or I guess question really is how much did we see from really either one of these teams in Week One? Um, I'm specifically thinking about our matchup defensively against their offense. Um, I, you get, guys may feel differently, but I feel like our offense, you know, have a lot of success against SMU defensively. But on the other side, I, I feel like that's maybe where the real matchup is. And I know Coach Venables has a bunch of different options that they, they can – deploy at any moment a bunch of different fronts we saw a handful of different fronts against um arkansas state in week one but mainly stayed in the four-man front uh we did stem to bear some with the mike backer up on the edge uh we played one snap of a three-man front and you know i we saw against Nebraska a year ago, we came out and played all three-man front whenever we hadn't really showed it at all previous to that. I wonder if this is one of those games. Um, but I, I also think that they like their front four. So I don't know how much three-down we're going to get this season. I think it's going to be a change-up. But I don't know that it's going to be something that we just totally switch into like we did at times a year ago. Like To me, that's, that's the interesting part. And also on the flip side, from SMU, like what? What have? Because we know with a, a non-conference game like Oklahoma, and you know, chance to to insert yourself into the national discussion. SMU's going to have some 
some concepts that they've been hanging to be working throughout the offseason and how Oaks to it. I think we can defend them clearly. It's the it's the free players, it's the explosive plays that we've seen in year. As soon as one happens, we see this kind of deterioration defensively. That's that's the big question to me: is can we limit those? And if we do happen to two up, can we regroup, keep composure, continue to play good defense? Yeah, I'm on the same page as you, Ted. I. Listen, they got some good talent. Best talent, Oklahoma. It's good. Better than some of the Big 12 opponents that OU will face this year. Uh, I don't know if I'm worried about necessarily everything, except I just don't feel like I know what Oklahoma is yet. That was a very good start last week. Offense was sharp. Defense was great. They won comfortably. They got a special teams touchdown. Everything went about as well as it could. But it was a massively inferior opponent. So uh, I think in general I'm nervous about everything because I don't know exactly what OU is good and is weak at yet. I don't know what to be worried about. Mm -hmm. So that worries me. You know, sometimes you get two or three games into a season and you say, we struggle tackling or we struggle against the deep ball or we can't run it or whatever the case may be. I don't feel that way about anything yet. Um, I think some people tried to muster up the, we need to be worried about the ability to rush the passer this week and uh, or not. But that, I guess my general concern, Chris is I don't know what to be concerned about yet. So hopefully they come out and put another boot stomping on opponent tonight. And, uh, and we still go into next week feeling the same way. That sounds like my kind of concern, Toby. That's that's my kind of concern in life. I know there's something that's going to be a problem. I just haven't <laughs> identified what that problem is. Can I? Here's here's one that I don't think it's going to be. I don't. There had been a mild concern over what stat one sack. Right? There was a little bit. Oh, they only had one sack, but. We had Miguel Chavis on Coach's Corner this week. And, again, you know, Ted, you have infinitely more wisdom and knowledge on this than I ever would. But he told us, you know, even even away from the mics, that there wasn't really anything that they looked at where someone graded poorly or that they weren't doing things. And I just think that's a matter of time, right? Uh, We've talked about it infinitely uh, all week long. Arkansas State did a lot of things to protect the quarterback. Uh, max protection, quick hits, but Oklahoma seemed to affect it. So, I don't know. I, I'm not trying to get over my skis here or get too cart before horsey, but whenever you talk about, hey, I know there's something that we're going to look back on in three or four weeks and say, that's an area that ended up being an issue. Ted, am I crazy if I'm not overly concerned about the pass rush right now after just one sack last week? I, I don't think so. I, I was... I was pleased with what I saw in the the pass rush game. I thought guys had some really nice rushes. The even he got the sack on PJ late in the game had two really nice rushes. Um, saw Trey drop back pass. It was all move the pocket, sprint and boot, or quick game. And we still were able to affect the pocket on those. Um, 
And whenever they did go drop back a handful of times, uh, we got a sack out of it. We we affected, flushed him uh, a couple of times where he just threw it away. I mean, I, I don't think there's any reason to worry about that yet. I'm not suggesting that our pass rush is so good that it's something that you don't even need to worry about. I just didn't see anything in week one that was much of a cause for We'll see today. This will be a, a much better view of it today. Now, I'm sure as a lot of people look at this, evaluate what they're going up against to protect with five teeth kicked in over and over and over. We're going to find a way, whether it's max protection or play action or move the pocket or get the ball out of the quarterback's hand quickly. People don't like to just sit back in the pocket and get sacked over and over and over. So you got to kind of evaluate what we see a little bit more uh, value. Into this today is going to be a really good look, a really good evaluation because this offensive line for SMU is legit. They're better than a lot of the offensive lines we'll face in the Big 12. Good stuff. That's Teddy and Toby. They're over at Balfour of Norman where make sure you've got the right gear. You're striping the stadium tonight. Better make sure you have the right crimson or the white white. Uh, I am our cream, I guess. I'm over here at Yo Pablo. The party is on. Uh, pre-game will go on from now until 4 p.m. Tyler McComas, the true rock star, is taking over. When we come back on the EU pre-game uh, show presented by Wendy Chevy, let's talk a little bit more about what Ted saw in some of the Easter's and get you up on scores across the country here on the Home of Sooner Fans. All right, welcome back into the Windy Chevy pregame show where you get the hometown experience. You can visit them in Purcell, windychevypurcell.com. And, guys, we got a couple free oil changes that we'll give away. Uh, $20 oil changes, great deals, but I got freebies right here. Uh, as I'm hanging out at Yo Pablo on Campus Corner, newly remodeled, great setup. Uh, we got big screens watching Michael Irvin react to everything in the Colorado game as the Buffs lead 20-7. to Uh Let's see, what is the update from over there in that Baylor game? 13 to 3 still? Baylor has the lead over Utah. Uh, 13 to 6, pardon me. 13 to 6, Baylor has the lead over Utah as that winds down in the third quarter. Um, I, I was curious, Ted, I noticed that right away you put the SMU quarterback in your spotlight this week. What do you think of him? A highly recruited kid. They seem to be very high on him. What caught your eye on SMU's quarterback when you started to dive into the tape this week? I, I think he's. Just solid all the way around. I think he's athletic. He's not He's not one of the runners that you fear, but he's good enough to, to make some nice plays on the ground. Uh, they'll do some stuff with him in the running game. I don't know how much of it they'll do, uh, but they will do some. He can move the pocket. He can throw on the run. He's got uh, an adequate arm, seems to be accurate, uh, and he's aggressive. He'll push the ball down the field. He'll throw it into some tough spots. He'll trust his uh, good wide receiving core to go make some plays. I mean, just a, a good, solid, all-around quarterback. Stylistically, pretty similar to OU, right? They want to go fast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah th- there's some similarities there. I think they'll go fast at times. I'm curious in this game to see kind of how the style plays out, really, on for both teams. Um, I think there's a chance that we may slow things down a little bit. 
especially if we can get that first defensive line subbed out after a, a couple of quick plays. I think we may slow down against that second unit. We'll see. And I'm curious for them as well. Um, you know, if it, it, it's going to come down to first down, it always does. If they're having success on first down and, uh, you know, down and distance dictates, they'll probably try and, and go fast at times. But uh, I, I'm pace is is a curious part of this game. I'm I'm anxious to see how that goes. But yeah, that, they'll push the pace whenever they need to. They'll run all kinds of different personnel groupings. We'll see see a, a true. 21 or base personnel with uh, a tailback, a fullback, a tight end, and two wide receivers. It's it's called base because that's what everyone starts from, but no one runs it anymore, so it's weird. <laughs> They'll run 20 personnel with a, uh, a regular back, a fullback, and then three wide receivers. 11 personnel, one back, one tight, three wide. I mean, they'll throw a bunch of different personnel groupings at you. But, you know, whenever you get to a bunch of personnel groupings, you're not going fast. So that's what I'm kind of curious to see is where do they think they have an advantage? And is there a personal grouping that they like? And once they find that, is is tempo going to be a part of their game plan? We're hanging out in the Wendy Chevy pregame show, Counting Down Oklahoma SMU. I feel like we've spent uh, a lot of time this week. You know, going all in on, on understanding SMU because it is such an un, uh, unknown. You know, how much did they throttle down against La Tech last week as they jumped out early? I think Toby Rich Phillips had brought that up. And, Ted, I think you guys talked to Rich as well, too, uh, on the podcast side of things. But I don't know. It's just uh, it, it is kind of weird, though. We're supposed to be playing Georgia today, right? And there's that, that's the future. Oh, G- Georgia's pulling away right now. They didn't look all too great in the first half of that game. But – I I love this matchup because of the kind of test it is. Like you said, Ted, there's familiarity because Rhett Lashley was with uh, Ted uh, Ted Roof whenever he was at Auburn, and you know Lashley is a Malzahn protege. You know he's one of these guys that he was with Gus whenever he was at Springdale High School, and then up through. I think the only place he hasn't been with Gus where Gus was was like Arkansas State and Tulsa. So he's been kind of that Malzahn uh, clone. Hurry up, no huddle. But I am intrigued, like you said, all the different position groupings, what it looks like. I think the bottom line, it's it's just a good challenge, right? This is going to be similar to what they see regularly this season, and it's good to see where the understanding of what Coach V wants and where the coverage is and where the pass rush is. I mean, this is the kind of challenge that I know some people some people don't like having this good of a team coming in out of the group of five. I love it, guys, because I think it gives you a really good test whenever we're getting ready to hit the grind of a, a Big 12 season here in a few weeks. And Texas right around the corner. Yeah, I think it it is uh, perfect for BV. I think it's been a fun week for yep. Coach Venables. One, he got the shutout last week. Two, everybody said the pass rush wasn't good enough. So he's got something despite the shutout to get after his guys about. Nobody thinks you're any good, guys. They think you get, you know, that's been the, the, the message, I'm sure, all week to the defense is they've got something still to prove this week. And three, the coaching matchup, like you pointed out, Chris, is one of the bright offensive minds in college football in Lashley against maybe the best defensive mind the last decade in college football Invenables. So I think this has probably been a really fun week, intense, even more than normal for Brent Venables, Ted. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Uh, I agree. You know, 
you need to test your team. I, I know they're it's odd, but there are style points in college football to some degree. But I, I think the more you can test your football team, the better. Uh, figure out what exactly you have, especially if you can do that early in the season and, and find some real strength, strengths and weaknesses, which they, they already have a really good idea of those. But it's still nice to continue to find good teams and good coaching staffs that are going to really – dig and and turn over every rock to find matchups and maybe vulnerabilities and whatever it is that you do and try and exploit that it helps you learn more about yourself and get better as a football uh, team moving forward so i love the matchup you know th- this is one where it's good enough to where if you don't show up you can absolutely get beat but it's also good enough to where if this team goes out there and plays smart efficient football take care of the of possession don't give up big plays win special teams i if if you go blow out smu today i think it's pretty safe to say that you've got a really good football team on your hands i think wasn't that herb street's uh super dog today i think he smu might have been his super dog um to joe c because remember folks this was supposed to be georgia uh, this week was supposed to be Georgia coming to Norman. And when that series got scrapped, which was recently, you know, you had a hole to fill. You see who Georgia got. They got Ball State today. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma was able to get a team that is going to test them. And and you're right, Ted. You need this early in the year. You need to see where your weaknesses are and, and what still has to be worked on. And SMU is going to expose some stuff, some stuff today. So good job at the at the last minute being able to uh, book a team like SMU. It's interesting because this is a Big 12 American Athletic Conference matchup. We're going to play the rematch of this game in 2027 in Dallas. That will be an SEC-ACC mm-hmm. matchup at that point. So, pretty fun. Yeah, it's yeah. cool. You, you added a uh, I don't know if you knew it at the time, but you added a Power 5 non-conference yeah. <laughs> game uh, in the future. So you can check that box. That's good. <laughs> and and you mentioned going there. Now, obviously, Oklahoma plays every year in, in Dallas with Cotton Bowl and the Red River rivalry. But another trip down to Dallas, it's a cool stadium, too. And like you said, that's an ACC game in a couple of years. Hey, be, before we take our final time out, can I get y'all's take on tonight? Texas, Alabama. I know that, you know, it's we're all about the, the Sooners, and, and we'll get our picks. But, Toby, what do you think tonight? How do you think this thing plays out in Tuscaloosa? I think it's a Bama route. I am shocked that so many people across the nation are picking Texas to win this game in Tuscaloosa. I think that the fact that last year's game was so close is going to give even extra motivation to Nick Saban. I think it's at least a three-touchdown win for Alabama tonight. I I don't know what the final result's going to be, but I agree that there's a lot of people overthinking this. Alabama has the better coach, by far. Alabama has the better roster, by far. Alabama is at home, where they've only lost like five times or something like that in 15 years. Uh, everything points directly to Alabama. There's no reason to overthink it. I don't think Quinn Ewers is very good. Um, I think that he's... Uh, 
I think he's a, it, he tiptoes into the football game and he plays scared. I think if he has early success, he's able to build confidence, but he doesn't go into the game as a confident player. And Tuscaloosa is not the place to go and feel your way around to get a win. Uh, I agree. Now, this is college football, and the reason it's the, the best sport in the world is because we know that anything can happen on any day, yeah. anywhere. And, and if Texas wins, it'd be great for the Red River rivalry yeah. in a couple of weeks, but I don't, I don't think they will. I don't think they will either. You know, we've, we've seen, seen really good teams lose to teams that aren't near as good as Texas, so that stuff does happen. I just I, – I feel like Texas is – Everyone has convinced them that they're about to go down and, and win this game or have a good chance at winning it. I, on the other hand, think they're about to run into a buzzsaw that's been waiting on them for a year. But that's just I think me. you're right. We'll see. And and a team guy. part of it, too, his. is that I just – I flat out cannot live in a world in which Texas has just beat <laughs> Alabama and Tuscaloosa. So there is that bias that's built in as well. <laughs> there is that reality to all of it. Hey, guys, some score updates. We've got good games going on as we speak. One of them, though, not in Boulder. Colorado is rolling over at Nebraska 23-7. to In fact, I think the Huskers just turned the ball over again. That game's in the fourth quarter. Mm. Utah is driving, 13 minutes to go in that game. They trail Baylor 13-6. to That's right, the Bears have the lead. And Toby brought up, you know, Georgia was supposed to be here this year, uh, this this week, but um, because of the move to the SEC, they they swapped that around. They're leading Ball State in the fourth, 45 to zip. Uh, Notre Dame up 10 zip early on North Carolina State, and Kansas State taking care of business against Troy, 28 to 13. All right, back to the Sooners when we come back for our final segment of the Windy Chevy pregame show. Toby and Ted live at Balfour. I'm over here at Yo Pablo on the home of Sooner fans. Oh my God. Welcome back. It's the pregame show here at Balfour, brought to you by Wendy Chevy. Toby and Teddy here at Balfour. Don't forget, stripe the stadium tonight. Even sections, crimson, odd sections, white. If you don't have the right color, stop by here at Balfour. They've got an incredible selection of shirts. they got the hats. They've got uh, everything you need for your tailgate. Right here on Campus Corner, we've been camped out at Balfour for over two decades. Final segment, Chris Plank is over at uh, Yo Pablo. Chris, remind me who's in your spotlight tonight and why. I know you got Roberson for them. Who is it for us? You had Sawchuck, right? Um, I put, yeah, I put Gavin Sawchuck. I, you know, it's it's a hunch. I think he can be a, a game breaker for this touchdown, Colorado. It's thirty-seven. Mm. Um, I think he can be that guy that has an extra gear. I think we're going to see. You know, I, I'm not going to get too carried away here and say a lot of him, but I just think he has the chance to make some plays when he gets out there. And I feel like I don't, I don't think the running backs were, have, have been bad. I thought the running backs were pretty good uh, last week. But there's, you know, some consternation about the yards per carry. That's affected by some short TD runs. But I don't know. I just, I, It's kind of a hunch, uh, Toby. I think that whenever he gets out there, he can be a difference maker. Yeah. Well, um, I – I agree. I will say, though, with the running backs, I, I'm not worried about it, but I would like to see us maybe take some of those 8, 9, 10-yard plays and turn them into explosive plays by yeah. making that final guy miss, which that, that'll happen. And, you know, honestly, I think Sawchuck is – and I like this personally, but Major, Tawi Walker, and Barnes – 
those are run-to-contact guys. Yeah. They're not trying to make that open guy miss. They're trying to put him on his back, uh, which I think is, is, is fine. You know, there's a fine line there, though, between maybe you do that early in the game, make him think about it, and the next time you make him whiff. I feel like Sawchuck, even though I'm not suggesting he's not physical, we saw him in the, the Florida State game run with tremendous physicality. I, I do feel like he's kind of a little bit more of what you would kind of put into the category of home run hitter on some of those runs. We'll I see. Running game was fine last week. It wasn't Agreed. wasn't bad. It wasn't great. 220 yards, four and a half yards a carry. They just didn't break one. But, yeah, that, that would be nice to see them break one or two just to put that in the minds of opposing defenses. Mm-hmm. I think it will make Dylan's job a lot easier if they know they got guys who can go the distance at any time. So the interesting thing is going to be who it is, like who's going to become that guy. I, I, you know, I know we always want to score and we love to break long runs and, you know, I, I love to have that ability, but there's also something to, to be said about being able to chew up the chains and chew up clock and run for six, seven, eight yards, a carry and just, you know, grind a team into the ground, which I think we're going to have that ability this year. Um, it's just, you know, it would be, and I know all of the guys have the ability, but it, you know, just kind of, that's one of the other check marks you're kind of looking for out of the running back group. All right, guys, let's go around. Who wins the game? By the way, did you see that two point conversion by Shador Sanders, Ted? Yes, I did. I don't know if you. That, that, that's ridiculous. I like the penalty, too, for taking his helmet off. I don't know if that dude caught the ball or not, but that's one heck of a play. 31-7, to Nebraska trails Colorado. All right, who wins a football game? What kind of football game do you, do you expect? Ted, I'd like to see something along the lines of, I don't know, 45-10, to 45-3. to 3, You know, I feel like that this has a chance to be a really good day for this defense. What kind of game do you expect? Yeah, I, I expect both sides of the ball, or I guess – all three phases to play well you know i'm not exactly sure what the what the final number is going to be um it's tough to get into that game but i think there's a chance that oklahoma can can handle smu pretty good if they they play good smart football the only thing i'm really worried about in the game is defensively giving up the explosive plays and then which they're going to make some but what we've seen in the past is the integrity of the entire defense begins to fall apart whenever one or two of those plays happen. So, to me, if you limit those, I don't. I mean, I think you could you could see a blowout. But obviously, SMU is good enough to be around. I mean, I, I don't I don't know what I expect. If we play up to our capabilities, hmm. I think you're probably in the right ballpark. I would probably say maybe 13 hmm. or so is is would be an excellent number margin of victory. No, 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 no. Like uh, limit them to if they, <laughs> it, yeah. I think thirteen is is probably the bottom end of where I I think it's going to be. I, you of know, how many points SMU scores? Of, of what SMU scores? Okay. They're just too good offensively. Yeah, they're going to find some plays. You know, that's a good mark. In and, and I and it's not to suggest that anything above that is bad. It just depends how the game unfolds. I know this isn't a great uh, way to give my prediction of what happens, but. You know. I'm with you, though. I think the, you know, Oklahoma is the better team, should win the game. Defensively, if they hold them, you know, under 20, that's pretty good against SMU. The, the farther under that, the better it is. 
I do think it's possible. Lashley's good. He's creative. I think it is possible they come out with some stuff early on that OU's got to figure out on the fly, and maybe they, you know, they're on their heels a little bit in the first quarter. But they'll dial it in eventually. I'm hoping it's a comfortable win. And what the defense does today is of the utmost intrigue for me. Chris, what about you? Same, same. I want to see what the defense does. It's that that fast pace, but they do some different things. Offense, uh, I don't want to see. Hey, Ted, you, you talk about it incessantly. No miscommunications, no busts. Be smooth, be efficient, take care of business. All right, stick around, everybody. The radio icon, Mike Steely, taking over here at Balfour. Soon-to-be radio icon, Tyler McComas, taking over at Yo Pablo. We'll be back with you for the network pregame show at 3 o'clock over at FanFest. Enjoy OUSMU, everyone.